Welcome to this week's episode of Fighting Words. Donovan here. Thank you for tuning in. We actually just spent 20 minutes doing podcast uh, banter, Indeed. and I wasn't recording. Yeah. So maybe there's a there's a providence in that. There's maybe something we brought up that just was not going to be helpful. So we'll just we'll count on that. <laughs> so I'm joined today by Glenn Salzman. Hello. One of the pastors at Redeemer at the Redeemer uh, Cedar Rapids campus. Indeed. And uh, four years ago this weekend. Four years ago? That's when I started. Yep. Four more years. Maybe. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. We'll vote. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a vote for once. We'll move out of the <laughs> the elder-driven mm-hmm. uh, model. and yeah, Just in the name voting. of the election cycle. <laughs> um, hey, before we go any further, let me uh, just share a little bit. Many of you perhaps have noticed online that we are seeing some, you're seeing some video clips, little teasers of the, the podcast coming up, and... Uh, the reason that that's happening is, uh, well, Travis Chumlin, who's a member at Redeemer, also runs a business called Curator Media, um, and a little bit more details to come about what is going on there, exactly what he's doing. But generally, he he's in the media biz and helps uh, promo marketing businesses and things like that. And so he wanted to help us promo the podcast, and we're grateful for that. And so that's where that is coming from. So more info to come on that. We'll share some links where you guys can follow his work and what he's up to. So uh, we have, we've talked about some stuff. I don't want to rehash any of that. Just forget it. It's over. It's buried. But, but we were on the verge of, of one topic, one good which question. was what, so Glenn, you've been in the ministry, uh, 23 years, indeed, right. And you're pushing 50. So your mid twenties, you got in the ministry. Yep. Um, and, decided this is what you want to do with your life. And I know you had some, you've obviously had some hiccups. Yeah. It was about how long ago that, that you stepped out of your former church? Yeah, that was in 2011. So, okay. Yeah. Nine years ago, I stepped out for four years. So I, uh, almost five years actually. Yeah. So we'll probably dip into some of that because of the things we're going to talk about. Me, me asking you about ministry, but also yeah. you said you want to talk about bitterness. Yeah, yeah, today. yeah. So we'll do that. Um, but long story short, you let me that church just had some leadership failures, and then you inherited basic leadership of the church, and yeah. there was just a lot of uh, hurt, pain mixed with toxicity, spiritual yeah. attack, all this stuff that just yeah. led to. Uh, probably a out. really, really toxic environment. Yeah, and you got physically ill. I did. You were so yeah burdened by this, and yeah, you said screw it, I'm gonna go farm. <laughs> yeah, because you had grown up on a farm. Yeah, yes, and uh, and so you were like, that's well, I know recall. that. Yeah, you know me pretty well. That's it. That's all there is. Um, <laughs> and so you ended up uh, working at a big farm, like you know, yeah. uh, Amana Farms, and yeah, driving tractors and blah blah blah. You ended up. Coming, driving from Iowa City up to, uh, well, you weren't in Iowa City. You were in a in a manor. In a manor. So through Iowa City and uh, to Redeemer, and that's where we met. That's right. And uh, why why'd you drive to Redeemer? I mean, just what put it on your radar? I don't mean why'd you stay. We know why you stayed. Well, I was searching for an Acts twenty nine church when we showed up, and there were two to choose from. One was uh, 
Imago Christi at the time in Cedar Rapids. The other one was down in uh, Iowa City called Veritas. No, they're not next twenty nine church. Well, they had taught. No, you're right. It was uh, Genesis Church. What would there's no there was no. But if you searched actually, yeah, they, they probably blogged about them or yeah, something. Yeah, and yeah. and somehow it ended up. Yeah, I gotta um, do that. Yeah, yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta blog about famous people in our church. So there that. was metadata out there yeah. that for an Acts twenty nine church. So we ended up going to Veritas in Iowa City for a year, and I remember thinking I was the one who um, had us move away from that church because. I was used to a much more direct and hard-hitting presentation of the gospel. Um, there, in my opinion, this is my opinion. It it just wasn't hard-hitting. It was it was fluffy and it was it skirted the issues. It didn't talk about. Now I want to be careful. I don't want to publicly be slamming churches here. That's, That's a lovely right. church. This is more about your preferences and where you are exactly. and, and what what exactly. what. what uh, what your what hit your heart? Right, yeah. exactly. So, so we ended up coming to Cedar Rapids, and Donovan uh, preached. I can't remember. Did what you just time. refer to me in the, the fourth person? In the fourth, the wall <laughs> was. This you just keeps were happening. Preaching, oh, okay. yeah, I'm right here, man. In the Book of John, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, we're home." This, oh, the Book of John. We were. We just. Jeez. I'm like Lori. We just came home. This is it, and. Um, didn't look back. Yeah, and know. so after several years of that, then uh, you ended up, you know, growing as a, a becoming a member and getting more involved in the church. And then, yeah, um, I knew you had been in ministry and were on a break, and you know, was always helping you kind of think through what what would it look like for you to reenter that in different right. ways. And well, the opportunity came. Uh, yeah. Garrett left. Yeah, and um, uh, and you were seemingly prepared to re-enter that and so now you've been back pastoring for five years four. um four years for four years and i'm posing the question to you now obviously you you left the ministry before i did yeah so that was a unique situation in one sense but what are the things about ministry that, that make common. you go maybe i should farm again right <laughs> so i'm asking you to complain about your job and complain about it i'm not really asking you to complain about your job i'm asking you to reveal your weaknesses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the nature of pastoring is you move toward people that are hurting you, instead of running away. Like, you know, if somebody's angry at somebody, it's it's really easy to be like, I'm checking out, I'm gonna go in the other room, I'm gonna go in the other town, <laughs> the other state, Sure, whatever applies. But pastors move toward that and it's I don't usually get burnout moving toward people in their in their like anger, sin, pain, whatever. The thing that that wears me out is having to deal with my own sin in it. Um, being a people pleaser by sin, it's like I want to walk into a situation and have there be some modicum of like, oh yeah, we. I had to look that word up yesterday, by the way. Modicum, because you say it all the time, well, and it was in your sermon, and so should, I had to. I literally have never used that word. Google it. I did. Good. I googled it, and I'm using it correctly. Yeah, I when I'm listening to your sermons, I Google a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, is when this I true? To you. <laughs> is this true? <laughs> this doesn't sound right. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Yeah. Translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interpretation. I'm usually asking Google to translate you. Yeah. So, modicum, a small 
amount of something usually considered important. Right. A modicum. A modicum. You say that a lot. Do you know where you picked that up? Uh, from the movie My Cousin Vinny. Actually, like, I don't think I've ever heard any... Have you ever... Do you use that word? <laughs> no. What? It's a, it's, a, it's a movie, though. It, oh, to, My Cousin Vinny? Yeah. You're asking if it's a movie? No, no, it's the best, best movie. movie. That is a movie. <laughs> the two uh, Utes. It, it All right. <laughs> what, what, who says modicum, and why did that stick with you? Vinny. I have no idea why it's why stuff sticks with me. I have no idea. I can't. I did, can't comment on that. Did the scene where he does a flying punch and like knocks the guy out? <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> He's no. like, "Go ahead, unroll it. Un Let's see. It could be that you have a bunch of ones just wrapped in a 20. <laughs> he just He's so logical and Okay, so it sounds like a smart word. You know, you're like, "Wow, the guy said modicum." <clears throat> but it's from my cousin Vinny. Yeah. This is my life. Yeah. This cannot surprise you anymore. <laughs> okay, so again, you just used that word, and I forget the context. Oh, you are expressing that when you move towards someone, you expect there to be, yeah, or would like, like there to be some modicum of response? Yes, exactly. And when there's not... And you're not saying there never is. I'm not saying there never is, um, but I am saying that even if there is, like, let's just take that out of the equation. Even if there is, I uh, have to deal with my own sin of wanting to be a savior, wanting to be the the one who's the smartest, the one who's who said the right thing that unlocked decades of pain in someone's marriage or whatever. I mean, this is literally what what I uh, think about. <sighs> yeah, it's awful. And with the people-pleasing part, I'll leave a conversation and I'll be like second guessing myself for days. Like, oh, I should have said this. I should have done this. I should have did this. You know. So in Washington, like I would <laughs> get up and Washington preach. being the the place where the church was that you were at. Washington that you stepped State, down from. Yep, Issaquah, yep. outside of Bellevue, Microsoft, that whole area. Um, I would literally <laughs> preach the gospel, and in my in my insides just be cringing like somebody's going to find something wrong with this somebody's going to um have some argument against it someone's not going to think that i'm a great teacher and and all of that so all right so so this is a this is war right this yes. is there's that we wrestle yes there is you know our church mission statement is to fight yes. there's a reason for that because there's yes. a level of opposition and resistance in our own hearts in the church in the world in the cosmic powers, right? Right. So there's this, there's this opposition, right? Right. And you're, and you as a pastor are called to move toward that. That's right. Right. And seek fruitfulness, reconciliation, reconciliation that kind yeah, of thing. Absolutely. And what what you were just describing that in the face of all that opposition, and and it can be, I think it can be in degrees. I mean, our church is there's always opposition, there's always sure. sin, but you were in a really toxic place back then. I mean, talk about opposition, yeah. like. I've the, never gotten an angry email. Oh my god! That's like a like a pastor thing, right? Like <clears throat> you get the emails on. I mean, they talk about it in seminary. You know, you're gonna get those emails on Monday, like because you know, because Sunday, and all the people. And I'm like, I've never gotten a Monday email. Right. Well, that's great. And I don't think it's because I'm killing it. I think it's. Well, I think honestly, here, I think it's a couple things. I think people probably don't think I would. They, there's something about me that they think he doesn't care. If you email him. Yeah. 
And I think there's just we're not at a really toxic environment right. where people are just like, all right, time to fire off the emails. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. but that was a really toxic environment. Yeah. And so you were like constantly walking into a room where, yeah. One of was, the differences between Redeemer and the church that I was a part of up in in Washington State is um, what I would call call just a unified um, leadership and then also unified body and. In order to create unity, you got to have this a common language. You have to have a common goal. You have to have, I think, you have to have steps along the way that people can understand as a common as a group of people. Like this is what my the expectations are for me, or where we're going, and all of that. And we didn't have that up there. So what we were left with was opinions. Like everyone had an opinion. Everyone had two opinions about everything. And the the problem was the the whole culture up there before I even got there was, well, I'm going to listen to the loudest, the squeakiest wheel, and we'll change our leadership structure as a, as a result of that. So, yeah. So when I would come in and and say, no, that's not biblical or that's not gospel centered or whatever, it would push against years of that culture that had been built, and they didn't like it. And so I would get emails that would say, you cannot. Who are you to? to shepherd us that way like literally who i know you and your family and you can't say this stuff and i was like so they they made it personal right and so instead of like looking at the bible and being like well i see what he's saying he read a verse and it's actually what he's trying to do how long were you how long were you was the process from when you took the you know the helm the leadership of that church to till you left uh Probably like two Sundays? Three. <laughs> About 72 hours. Uh, three years, wow. give or take. Three and, three and a little bit. So it was a long, yeah, it was, it was, it was long. So when you were out in the, in the tractor uh, in Amana, I mean, how, were you just bitter? Because we're talking about bitterness today. Yeah. So let's start with you, Glenn. Yeah. Oh, man. I always think whenever suge- someone suggests a topic, that's actually a confession. Yeah. So you said you want to talk about bitterness. I th- I'm assuming I you mean you. also wanted to talk about the Holy Spirit. So that <laughs> there's a confession under that too. Yeah. That, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is, well, it's a related topic. Um, yeah, no, were, you just stewing, right. were you just the, stewing out yeah, this tractor? Yeah, like uh, just I would flash back to conversations that I would have in Washington and be raging about it, just mm. walking around angry about it yeah absolutely and um and it was because it just becomes more and more clear all the time because i was trying to defend my own righteousness right um and i couldn't do it when i was up there at the moment in the time i I didn't use the right words because they didn't see me as righteous so then i had to in my mind go back (laughs) and emotionally replaying this replaying it well and here's the other thing that seems really terrible about that is you're the isolation of being in this tractor like yeah. if you are well it's just going to compound that you're left alone with your thoughts yeah there's no one there to talk to wherever you're going to drift to yeah. is just yeah like smeagol yeah it's and it is a, it's like a stream of consciousness drift like you can be i can be having oh, a, enjoying my life like looking at a sunset and then a few minutes later just be angry let me let's complicate this further you had gps <laughs> driven tractor so you don't even 
There's I mean, you don't even have to drive the tractor. You're literally, it's what I said earlier this. about a, yeah. a self-driving truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're just sitting in there with nothing to do. You're like an isolation chamber <laughs> alone with your thoughts and your bitterness. Just yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's it, sick. It took, well, you know what? Here's the thing. Well, like, and good. Well, for whatever reason, God used that time to... Did he use it or plan it? Both. Like, did he respond to it? <laughs> Maybe to you. <laughs> huh? <laughs> not in my mind, not in my Did theology. he allow it? <laughs> well, if you put that under cause, then yes. Okay. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're out there, and I, I probably listened to a thousand hours of the Bible over that time, maybe more. Um, just having that drip of truth coming in and and uh, sermons, lots and lots of sermons, uh, Piper and Chandler. And I was even listening to Driscoll because it was right before he had left Mars Hill in um, Seattle. So yeah, I, I was trying to infuse truth in, into my life, into my brain, into that stir and that stew of... of bitterness and anger and um yeah god used it i mean i remember one of the nights that i was able to let that stuff go it was literally years after i had started it at um amana and i was sitting in a semi at a field entrance at 10 30 at night i mean i'm exhausted and i was listening to a sermon that uh was just talking about god judging man and for whatever reason I don't I still I don't understand how it all happened but in that moment everything was was let loose in the sense of like you know what I'm I can I can forgive people that have gone after me and my character I can um like let loose things when people uh come after me and and all of that it it was really a cathartic moment in my life and one of those one of those moments it was just incredibly changing and so and that happened in the. And you didn't plan it. The silence. It just came out of nowhere, right? In the well, it came out of years and years of. God but I mean, like using, that moment of. Uh, oh yeah, it was of release. Like yeah. you weren't like, oh, okay, now I'm going to release this. It was more like you were you were passive. Yeah. To this thing that yeah. was happening, you're like, yeah. oh wow, I'm. Yeah. Kind of watching these things go yes. away. And and vilifying people and um, yeah, it was. Uh, but in that moment, yeah, I did. I hadn't planned it, but I had been praying toward it. Yeah, I mean, I knew that I was frustrated. Oh, so you did cause angry. it. All right. Well. Um, but you know what I mean. Like you, you walk around and you're like, yeah, I can see this, and and then you're in that place of, well, I can see it, but I don't desire to change. That's not a good place to be either. But anyway, I digress. All of it to say that God was really faithful in using these time, that time, and those hours of me being by myself to to speak to me so during that those years did you ever feel did you feel like ministry was done yeah oh yeah when garrett pitched the the job that i do right now to me out in amana with Lori there i was like there's no way i want to go back into that i mean it sounded terrible to me and because at the underneath all of it i knew that i was gonna have to deal with my own my own sin again you know um yeah and so so what changed that 
Or maybe you still haven't changed your mind. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still like this is terrible. No, I, <laughs> I love my job. Um, the the thing that I love about it, and Lori, well, what and I changed your mind before? Like what when Garrett comes and says, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And you're like, "Ah, what what changed that?" That was a really weird few weeks after he and I had talked, um, and it was more about, um, like having a hope for the future, which mm. I didn't have before when it concerning ministry because it seemed like it was too much it seemed like it was um you know having to deal with my own stuff again in the face of having to deal with other people's stuff that it it just seemed uh overwhelming like i was going to drown but in those few weeks it god used his spirit and i i don't know even how to explain it but he literally like moved in me in the sense of like no i I have a plan for you. I have movement for you. You're not always going to be right where you're at. And, you know, and part of it too, honestly, I was like, well, I am going to step out in this and I'm going to do it. And maybe it'll only be for a year. Maybe it'll be shorter or something like that, but I'm willing to try it at least. And so, yeah. But so some of the things we're talking about, you know, that, that pushed you out of the ministry, for a season are the same things that you say still are a struggle, but obviously something's different. Yeah. Um, and the context is different. The context um, is different and that's, that's big, but theologically I view God, uh, differently than what I did. Tell me about that before. So just to give you an idea, um, I was a part of like Mars Hill doing some training for redemption groups and s- some other things. And, the um, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I walked away from my experience as a pastor with all of the context that was up there, having a, a very, very poor, shallow understanding of grace and understanding of God's sovereignty in that. Um, I would have understood and I would have definitely said, yeah, God is in control, but I wouldn't have seen him as good. and. I remember reading Spurgeon very early on when I started my work here. He has a, a book. I think it's is it all about grace or all all of grace, and he he basically walks through these passages in Romans that really give a theology of grace being that you are a sinner, you are currently a sinner, you don't have everything together. There isn't this some perfect version of you that is out there that then he will love you it's like no right now in your sin in your worst is when grace shows up that's when that unmerited favor for god to move toward me and i know that we say that we believe that and we're like yeah yeah, we applaud it but for whatever reason that has taken a deeper root in my heart since i've been at redeemer than ever before and that's the thing that that keeps me coming back that and being part of a team of of people that, um, that, in my estimation, are really helpful, like the the elders. Like I can go to them if I. Well, you've been the the other end of so many conversations where I'm like, well, I'm uh, frustrated at this, or I don't get understand this, I don't get it, and you know, we'll talk through it. And I have sensed that when I screw up, I can come to you, and I've never had you. Um, like slam down some sort of judgment on me. You're like, well, all right, you understand what you did, you know, basically. And 
I'm like, yeah. And like, let's move on. You know what I mean? It's, it's grace. And you know, it's not that you would say, Glenn, it's okay to stay there and just keep sinning and keep screwing up or whatever. And so to me, that's grace. It's like, yeah, I have this mess. I'm bringing it to you hands open. I'm like, this is the mess. And you, you're, your response has been, in my estimation, really grace-filled. You're not judging me and, and all of that. And what that has shown me, and, and it's not just you, it's it's all of the elders. It's the culture, I think, of the leadership of Redeemer. And what that has shown me is that that's how we go to God. We just bring our mess to him. Um, he's like, yeah, I am going to destroy Jesus because of that. And I have destroyed Jesus because of that. So now... Um, yeah, let's move on. Let's do this thing. And it's love and it's, um, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just that I understand that God is more for me than I think I've ever understood before. And Well, you heard it here first, folks. The elders at Redeemer are gracious and loving. So <laughs> at least enough to the, Glenn's standards. Might be the... <laughs> That's a pretty low bar. Which you know, is a like, pretty low bar. You got exactly. chased out of a church by ravenous wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you went? We we went down to Oklahoma City for the uh, Converge Conference, yeah. and um, and you went ahead of time, and, and so it was at Sam Storm's church, Bridgehaven, and you attended service there. And I got on the phone with you. <laughs> I just a whole said, carload of guys. I said, "Yeah." I was like, "How how was it?" And you're like, "Man, these people are so nice." <laughs> You were just struck by it just blew me away. How nice they were, and then we proceeded to mock you <laughs> <laughs> for like twenty minutes. Yeah, on the phone. I, I mean, well, months later, Dirk's still bringing it up. <laughs> so I'm saying that they're really nice. Imagine they are how really you would nice. feel there, Glenn. So uh, it's also you know when you were in in Issaquah, it was like you know ravenous <laughs> and then you have like us which seems compared to that a lot better but it's, it's all right imagine being at sam storm's church and everybody's just nice they're so nice and they're like everything's well thought out and <laughs> they're consistent they're not they're consistent. i mean what they say um well some of that might just be southern culture yeah, is that we, the south oklahoma cities well yeah there's a not like the, there's a running debate about whether or not oklahoma is midwest or south i think it's south yeah it's kind of got that howdy howdy folks thing going on yeah, you know like for sure we appreciate you yeah. yeah well we don't appreciate anybody around here <laughs> <laughs> and we go out of our way to make sure they know it <laughs> Woo, yeah it's good stuff they were so nice they were so nice it was remarkable to me that how just nice they were. And I was like, wow. I, but but <laughs> I don't find myself living there, man. <laughs> so, so I would walk into that church and they're like, whoa, he's really going to say that. You wouldn't last. <laughs> I wouldn't last. It's like you're attracted to it. But, you know, six weeks later, they're all looking at you like, yeah, we're not that nice, bro. You got to go. <laughs> They're so nice. They'll keep me no matter what I say. No, you're, you're you're messing up their flow. Exactly. That's how they kick out all the nice people. Yeah. All the all the not nice people. That's how they maintain a modicum. Oh man, nice. niceness. Nice usage. All right. So when I asked you what you want to talk about, you said bitterness, and that's this to some extent is what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Already. Yeah. That that experience led you to just sit there and stew and want to justify yourself. Why did you want to? Uh, talk about bitterness. Uh, I see that that's probably, um, well, I have a, a theological kind of nugget that I, I think I believe it. Um, I, and I think it's true just because 
um, you read Ephesians 4 and it talks about speak the truth to one another in love, right? Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not be angry in sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger uh, lest you give the devil a foothold. And to me, there's something about bitterness and unforgiveness and anger and harboring oh. that bitterness that's like around that is the way the Apostle Paul calls it a foothold for the devil, right? That's, it's literally demonic. It's literally demonic is, is how that's where I would take it. And so to have the number one, the easiest way for the demonic to be in our church, to be harboring bitterness and all of that, that's, that's, why, I, that's why I care about it. That's why I want to talk about it, because it's low-hanging fruit for the enemy, a foothold. So let's, yeah, yeah, theologically, yeah, yeah, if, well, the whole Bible, everything you've been saying, but let's just stick with Ephesians. Yeah. How does God, God predestines us? For yeah. adoption as sons, That's why? Right. What's the end of it? Uh, to is it to bear f- to the well? Depends on where you go. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. It's to bear fruit, but but what is that? Yeah, he says to the praise of his glorious grace. To the praise of his glorious grace. Right. So, grace is the opposite of unforgiveness yeah. and bitterness. Yes. Right. So when you are offended. Rightfully, let's say just even rightfully so, not just like you're perceiving things, but you're literally sinned against. Right. There are two opposing reactions. And one is God's reaction. Yeah. Which is forgiveness. Grace. grace. Yeah. And if it's not God's, then it's going to be Satan's. Yeah. Then that would be bitterness and unforgiveness. So, like, it, it actually, it's. It stands in direct opposition to the very thing that God created the universe to display. That's right. That's right. It literally is demonic. And I don't think we think of it that way, like when we're in it. We usually think it's not that big of a deal. Um, I've heard people say, and I've felt this even in my own heart, like somebody really does offend them, and they're like, well... I can't go to them because if I go to them, then I might get angry and then I might sin, right? And so that's kind of their their logic. Oh, you're already sinning. Right. They don't realize it because... Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where I'm going with this. No, I don't. They are... (laughs) I was thinking of something else. In their heart... I left my sunroof open. (laughs) (laughs) I actually did the other night, all night, and I was like so glad it didn't snow. There's like a foot of snow inside your car, dude. Just, just no. <laughs> that's that white privilege. That's that first world problems. No, that's ADD. Uh, is my sunroof. Oh, <laughs> we're like in the, the depth of bitterness and God's grace. You're like, oh, my sunroof. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what MPG my car gets. No. Uh, um. Oh, come on, come on. Oh, all right. Well, you say we belittle it. You yeah. know. Okay, so here's a classic. Christian trope, right? Like, um, well, being upset about the Super Bowl halftime show. Mm-hmm. Which, sure, yeah, all right. That, I'm not going to argue that that was the best thing you could do on family television. Great. Sure. I get it. Or, um, you know, alarmed at pornography statistics. Right. Or offended by people swearing. 
Right. Or, but but snuggling with unforgiveness. Mm. Yeah. Like it's not that big a deal. Right. Right. Snuggling with it. Like right. curating it. Like <laughs> aggregating it. Aggregating it. <laughs> you know, petting it. Like yeah. fe- eating it. And, yeah. Eating it. Yeah. Justifying it. Right. Making friends with it. Right, right, right. And not re- but not realizing it's what I've just argued it is this is a demonic well all sin is, but Right. But clearly juxtaposed reason, yeah. against grace. Yes. Like the very purpose of the universe was to reveal the glorious grace of God in Jesus Christ. That's right. The de- demonic direct opposite force to that is l- not being gracious, unforgiveness, right. bitterness. Right. Holding people to other standards, uh, <clears throat> thinking that um, they need to um, come to me and, and ask for forgiveness, and I'm not going to go to them. I'm not going to start Ooh. the conversation. I mean, it, it leads down all these crazy uh, roads that we culturally, this is not that big of a thing, right? I, I think culturally there's a, there is a definition of why stir the pot. Why? Because what good is going to come out of me going to somebody who may have said something that made me angry, right? Like you're just you're starting a, a fire. You're you're opening a can. You're you know. Well, here's the thing. Mm. It's maybe they've tried. That's that is true. Maybe they have tried. Oh, okay. So we and can talk about glory here. Been um, rebuffed. So what? Okay. Number one. I've been rebuffed. You may. Um, like, what does that mean? Like, buffed again? <laughs> yes. Re, uh, yeah, I'll go to somebody and seek reconciliation, try and own my part of it, and then they just cast more. Okay, so now, all right, so there's an assumption that that's not glorious. Right, right. That to be rebuffed. Right. So God's glory is manifest in many ways. One of them, I believe, is his rejection. Not just his... Oh. Not just... Yeah. Well, his rejection by man is glorious. You know what I mean? Yes. Why? Because it's a... You better get this right. (laughs) It's basically saying, okay, I've got... I've got two ways to choose, the way of the Father, the way of human beings, right? As far as like me, that being the motivation for why I do what I do. And he's like, no, I'm going to go for the fathers because man is, is fallen. They're broken. They're sinful. They, they're out of their minds, right, with their foolishly darkened hearts. So why would I choose that as the option to move toward with my motivations and the end result fruit, right, instead of going after my Father in heaven who is no shifting shadow and he's perfect right so i th- i think that's where it is is because the the glory of being rebuffed is i'm saying yeah i am coming to you and what you're saying is that i am um less than right there's something about me glenn that is not right right and that's why you're mad at me and i'm like yes i understand that but i want to reconcile and and they're like no we're not going to reconcile so that is me basically in that moment getting glory from god because he's like yes this but you're mine but he's got like they may be saying rejecting you but you're you're really sharing in the sufferings of christ at that point that's right you know like that's right you are you're mine you're being right 
Yeah, you're being cast out. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the glory of Jesus, to be rejected yeah. and to be cast out and to lean into his father's approval of him instead of others. Instead of others, yeah. Right? Yes. So if you think, so if you, why are we talking about this? If someone says, well, why would I go to someone? Well, number one, there's probably a degree of pessimism that they would actually reconcile. Right. So, hey, maybe you'll actually reconcile. That would be great. But even if your fears are true, right. that they won't listen, they'll just... You know, just get more angry at you. Yeah, I'm just saying there's a, some glory in that. Like, yeah, in in the sense of if you view it the right way, and you come in, come to it with that understanding by faith and know, okay, God, I'm I'm seeking reconciliation here, and uh, and if they don't um, respond in the way that I hope. That's all right because that's not my hope. Right. That's really what right. it is. Is that's saying, right. I'm, but I'm yours. That's right. I'm united with you. Yeah. Did someone have to ask you for forgiveness for you to forgive them? Um, are you asking me personally or are you asking biblically? <laughs> I hope there's no difference. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so too. I would say that that's probably a trap that's really easy even for me to fall into is like, well, there can't be reconciliation unless both of us ask each other for forgiveness. But that's not that's not true, biblically true in the sense of God didn't, move toward us only when we admitted or repented of our sin it's his plan was from before the foundation of the world right before we act and so i think that that's grace toward us that that's the same grace that we let me can move let me uh, maybe else. i'm splitting hairs here but i would agree there doesn't have to be an apology from someone or even an acknowledgement of their guilt for me to forgive them i was talking with someone recently about how these things are actually independent like yeah. Someone could for, could ask you for forgiveness and you could not forgive them. Right. Or you could just forgive someone, like release that in your heart yeah. and them never ask. They're actually two independent, yeah. uh, I don't know, uh, features. Um, but you said reconciliation. Yeah. It does seem, so I would say maybe, okay, someone doesn't need to own their stuff for me to forgive them. But for us to reconcile, maybe we need to have a two-way conversation here. Probably, yeah. Because otherwise it's like, well, you're not really there. Right. So there's a difference between reconciliation and forgiveness. I would agree, yeah. So reconciliation is the the relationship is restored and it's functioning and heading in a healthy place. Yeah. And forgiveness is just the release of your harboring of bitterness and desire for vengeance and hurt. And Um, holding them harmless for even future times that they would hurt you. Right. I mean, it's to me, it seems like if if forgiveness is truly the thing, then Jesus and Jesus knows that we're going to have to cross this bridge multiple times. That's why he says to the disciples, 490 times, you're going to keep going back. But it what it is, is it's a it's a release of that moment. And it's also it's just a release of, yeah, holding them harmless for things that they've done in the past and things that they're doing currently. And possibly even things future, right? Um, yeah, and I look, we all fall to, fall into this. So, but right now I'm clear headed, so I can talk about it. Um, you know, I've always said like there's a confession behind the accusation. Like when someone right. says, you know, well, here's why I'm bitter because they this and that. Well, yeah, so that's what they did. But the question is, why does that create such bitterness in you? Yeah, why is it? What is it you? revealing about you? Right, right? you're. So like Jesus wasn't embittered. 
Yeah. And yet he was mistreated. Right. The treat. I mean, we haven't been treated any worse than Jesus. Right. And yet we respond in sin and bitterness. So it's it's actually it's just revealing us. Right. That's we. Right. There's an analogy here, like um, um, you know, if you throw magnets at a steel wall, they stick. That's correct. If you throw them at a wooden wall, they don't. That's Same right. magnets. That's right. But the receiver is different, right? So the yeah. so Jesus in this analogy is made of wood. Yeah. And um and we're made of steel. So that's really so when someone says people are throwing things at me, at, there's right. and, they're, and they're sticking to me. Right. And it's going, oh, why is that? Right. And right. So, and I think we need to major on that. And I think that's what Jesus talks about when he says they take the log out of your eye. Right. Yeah, they do have a speck. That's right. You're right. That's right. But that shouldn't be your major. And I don't think he's saying it's irrelevant, which is why he's saying, well, then you can go to your brother. Right. Right. But first, your major. Major as in his is a speck, yours is a log. Mm -hmm. The degree of, you need to be way, way, way more concerned with your susceptibility to offense. That's right. Than they're... You know, offending you. That's right. Hey, listen to this. This is a there's a guy named Michael Scott Moore. He was a journalist who was kidnapped by Somali pirates. Do you remember when the Somali pirates were out there hijacking everybody I and do. kidnapping people? And he was held for years, held hostage, mistreated, obviously beaten at different times and things. And he became suicidal. And a lot of times, the people that held kept him hostage would be very careless, and they would leave. Their guns around, huh. and you know he would be tempted with us to like kill them or kill himself, and right. mostly was held back by fear because he thought it wouldn't go well or something right. like that. I'm trying to kill myself, and I just end up maimed and all this stuff. Right. <clears throat> so he was dealing with all these uh, murderous and suicidal thoughts. And listen to this. He says at some point, this guy's not a Christian. Yeah. Um. But these things are true because they're. God's truth, right? All truth is God's truth type thing. At some point, I made a conscious decision to forgive my guards, to forgive the most immediate people who were causing me pain. That was an incredible mental transformation. Once I reordered my brain like that, that's what we would say, reordering the heart. Right. I no longer had that impulse to kill myself. Hmm. So why is that? Why did... Forgiving the most immediate people who were causing him pain, he no longer had the impulse to kill himself. Um, it kind of reminds me of that, I don't know who it is. Was it St. Augustine or someone? There's this quote, which I'm going to... So I know neither the person nor the exact quote, but... <laughs> Perfect. For, forgiveness is a poison we swallow, hope, hoping it will kill someone else. Right. Bitterness, right. unforgiveness is a right. poison we swallow hoping it will kill someone else. Right. And I think that's kind of what I see there is that... Might be Owen. <clears throat> is that he's... It kills you. Right. It's harmful to you. Right. Like, you're the one stewing in bitterness. That's right. You're the one laying in bed, toiling over this. That doesn't right. feel good. Nobody likes that. Right. Nobody that's goes, right. wow, I, I hope to feel bitter today. Like, right. It, it actually hurts us. Right. It's not... A helpful way to feel. That's right. And so it, that harms your mind. It harms your heart. It harms your. So, like for your own sake, yeah, in your own freedom, 
forgive. Right. Right. Yeah. Forgive. Um, I, there's, it's interesting the correlation that once we are forgiven, then we can forgive others. That's Jesus's correlation in the sense of like you, if you don't forgive, I won't forgive. That's Jesus taught yeah, us who, to pray who, that he way. He who has been forgiven much will forgive much. Right, right. Oh. And so Dang. To, to move towards someone else in forgiveness means, I think, that you need to, to linger in the place of why you're bitter at them, right? And I had four years, praise God, I had four years to linger in that. But the other part of it, too, is to realize that, that God has forgiven me of that in that place of lingering, like why I am bitter, why I'm unable to forgive someone else because um, I want to look good or because I want to be righteous or I want something. There's something that's in there that is causing us not to forgive other people. And when we linger on that, and then we realize that even when we have not yet released that to God, He has forgiven us of that. I think that that's the correlation. Like the, it's a it's a release of of moving toward us in anger and and judgment, and instead moving toward us in a spirit of grace and forgiveness and redemption. That that is. Is a, a catalyst enough for us to be able to say, "Oh, you know what? I can forgive them." Yeah, I'm going to let that go. God will judge. You want to share your lifeline? Yeah, that's right. You know, that's really what it's an overflow. That's like right. we we need to grow in that's our right. uh, sense. And so let's transition here. You talk about we don't have very much time, but we can always do another one. Yeah. Um, this idea of hearing from the Holy Spirit. Yes. Because here's right the the power to forgive comes from the sense, the belief, the faith, but not just the logical, because you've right. heard it. That's right. You've been forgiven of your sins. That's you're like, right. oh, yeah, and then you're right. bitter. Like, well, what's wrong then? There's right. there's some experience. Yeah. When this is what uh, Paul prays for in Ephesians uh, 1 mm-hmm. and 3, that the Holy Spirit would give you revelation to depths you didn't know, you That's know, right. like like that he would give you strength in the inner man right. to Through comprehend the, yeah. the height and breadth and depth and width of the love of right. God in Christ Jesus, something like that. Right. So he's he's saying, yeah, yeah, Christian, you you know you're forgiven, but you don't. You, to you, it's yeah. small. Yeah. There's this, yeah. but there's a height and a depth and a width and a breadth to the love of Jesus that you can't grab, you That's can't right. grasp. That's right. And so... I'm praying strength. for the Holy Spirit to do that, to work in you yeah. and, and bring that. And That's that right. will now empower, when that happens, that will empower yeah. um, that that horizontal then reaction. Yeah. Like, oh, now I'm going to forgive others. Now, yeah. now, how does that happen? How does the Spirit strengthen that You know, at that deep inner level? Well, there's a, a million ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul reading scripture, praying, right. uh, you know, for it yourself, praying for others, um, uh, being in the church community, just the passage of time. I yeah. mean, something I don't mean just unconscious passage of time, but like what you did, you spent four years like wrestling. You didn't just right. check out and go, screw this. I'm just going to listen to Rush Limbaugh for four years. Like you were right. wrestling with this, right? So fighting, yeah, uh, endurance. But then there's also just this um, idea that that you could hear God. 
speak to you very clearly right. about very specific issues right. that can bring uh, freedom. Right. Right. So listening to the Holy Spirit, right. cultivating the ability to hear His voice yeah. in uh, in general, but also regarding specific issues. Yeah. You. That was one of the topics you wanted to to talk about, and so why? Um. I think. Were you thinking of it as related to this issue, or related like two issues? They were two issues. But yeah. Well, it, welcome. You've really, just been revealed. It's like really cool how they're they're dovetailing, and I think that. Um, gosh. I don't, this. Who knows? This is a. This is my um, response to listening to the Holy Spirit. So, growing up in a cessationist world. Right. Define that term. Um, that at the end of the Apostle Paul's Wait, what life, term are you defining? <laughs> cessationist. I meant up. What? Oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by up? <laughs> what do you... <laughs> Growing up. <laughs> um, at the end of the Apostle Paul's life, because he was the last living person to have a living encounter with Jesus, uh, according to the Bible, that he was the last apostle. So when he died, the... The spiritual gifts died with him, tongues and healings and uh, words of discernment and wisdom and prophecies all died with him. That, that's what I grew up believing. And they, um, well, that's a, a side note. So with that in mind, um, I, I don't hear the Father's voice the way that the Holy Spirit talks about the Father. Right, because I've never, I've never done that. I've never asked him. First, First uh, uh, Corinthians fourteen, uh, pursue love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. I hadn't done that until 2019, 2018, somewhere in in that area. And so, the confession underneath that is the Holy Spirit is bringing to our minds the words of Jesus. He proceeds forth from the Father. He leads, he guides, he comforts, he teaches, he prays for us, he intervenes for us, uh, intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. He's like doing all these things, but I'm checked out. I've, I hadn't heard the Holy Spirit before Redeemer, and I hadn't heard my Father's voice in heaven the way that I have since I've been here. So with not doing that, Sounds like a Redeemer's been ministering to you instead of you ministering to yeah, Redeemer. Yeah, that's pretty much the, the case for four years. So thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> Could we get a refund? You get what you pay for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all that to say is that going in, like, if I'm honest, when I think about the yes. Holy Spirit, <laughs> then I think John uh, 14, where he convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. So for me... I'm like, okay, so I'm going to start listening to the Holy Spirit. That means every sin that I've ever committed and every inclination of my heart even now that is sinful and and breaks commandments, that's going to be exposed. Like That's what I had as um, my understanding of listening to the Holy Spirit. And so to undo that, and and I wonder how many of us have that, at least some kind of response to the holy spirit and to the spiritual gifts that way like like a hesitation because the spirit reveals and it's like well i don't know if i want that i'll have to let go of my thing yeah the behind that is i have to let go of my thing i actually have to not it's kind of like that what was that uh that sermon at that conference by that lady i don't remember her name and 
uh, but it was a get off the mat type yeah. thing. And do you want to be healed? Do you want to be? Do you want to be healed? Right. When Jesus asked the guy, "Do you want to be healed?" and she took it like, "Do you really want that?" Right. Exactly. You really want? So you really you're asking me to release bitterness? Right. Because now you're the result. You can see past it is. Oh, now you're going to be dining with that person and That's loving right. them, maybe right. washing their feet. That's right. Like, do you maybe really seeing them in the hallway and <laughs> you know having conversations? Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're expressing this hesitation that you experience or experienced. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I I wonder how many people experience that same hesitation. Oh, I'm sure. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, um, I, I, oh. And, and that that, oh. so then compounded with the fact that it's hard to forgive someone, then they think that, well, the Holy Spirit's only going to like stand there with his foot on my neck and make me do stuff that I don't want to do. Right. And so it makes it really, really difficult for, um, without the power of the Holy Spirit revealing himself as proceeding from the father, a father who cares, a father who sings over his kids, a father who cares. And then you look at how he dealt with Jesus and how he loved Jesus. And yes, he um, he did use Jesus at the cross to do what? To take away my sins, to take away and to kill all sin and, and death and sorrow is gone, is dead. And so when we think about that, it's like, oh, well, yeah. Like, maybe God really does care about us. Maybe all those Old Testament passage about how his loving kindness extends from one generation to the next to the next, that's actually for us. And so for me to think about listening to the Holy Spirit, that was one of the things that had to I had to just deal with. I had to either suck it up in my heart and and be like okay well whatever he brings is is going to be good even if it means that i look like a fool it could lead to martyrdom it could lead to martyrdom. that's right so i listen to voice of the martyrs yeah uh, it was a great podcast i really suggest listening to it because uh, it gives you perspective on the global church number one to celebrate and see what god is doing it's crazy what he's doing in nigeria and algeria and syria and yeah. iran and china um so one uh, especially as you, if you're in the West and you watch the decline of the church and it's discouraging. It's like, right. huh, the church is not in decline. Right. So there's that. Number two, it can help sober me because it's like, wow, I can get upset or grumble about my life or da da da. And it's like, <laughs> little perspective here, you know? Right. They don't have sunroofs. That's right. So. Well, okay, so what happens is I'll hear these stories like this Nigerian pastor telling a story about how he's he's trying to figure out where God wants him to go to be right. on mission. Right. And and he'll be like, he'll go to such and such a town and God will say, No. You know, and sometimes he discerns through different ways, but literally God will speak to him and yeah. And then he's uh, you know, God will say, This this is where I want you to be. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I want that kind of clarity. He's riding on the bus and God says, I want you to get off the bus. And right. he gets up off the bus and right. and then um two minutes later the bus gets shot up. Wow. And he's up running through a field now. So here's where I go, I go, Man, I wanna I wanna hear God that way. Like Why? Do, do you why do you why do you want to hear God that way? Well, what's what's well, hold on, hold on, let me finish this thought. Okay. So the and I will answer that. Um Um I want to hear God that way, but then it's like, well, do you? Because look at his context. Yeah, right. You can't. You don't just get the 
it's kind of related to what you're saying. It's like, right. we're careful what you ask for. And right. sometimes I think we have a sense of that. And so we're hesitant. Like, right. Because pe- all these people that are hearing God are like being martyred and like right. giving up and loving their enemies. And it's like, that's what you want? Right. Well, no, I just I want to keep my life. I want to keep that's my, right. you know, my sins. And then I just want, why do I want that? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you, Donovan, want to hear God that way? Uh... <laughs> The tables are turned. <clears throat> Sorry, technical failure. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I'm supposed to ask the questions here. No, uh, I think there's two things. Number one, uh, I do, and I, I have a little bit. You know, it's not something I feel like I, that I experience a lot. But there's a handful of times, especially in big ways, clear ways that mm-hmm. God has spoken, and then there's little nudges and things like that from the Spirit. But um, so I believe the Bible. I'm, I'm sold out for Jesus. Like his, He is the way, the truth, and the life. And then I see what's what Scripture says, and I want my life to align with that. Right. right. So it's like, yeah, I don't want to live a, you know, I don't want to run a, a ministry or a life on two cylinders if there's six available. Like, right. That's uh, right. Yeah, I feel weak in um, in ministry. My ability to, like you said, you go into a conversation, you go, man, I should have said that. I should have said that. Like, man, what if God just told me what to say to someone like there was a story of right. what this iranian lady was telling about she's sharing the gospel and this lady's not believing yet or anything and then basically god gives it's literally the woman at the well type situation where he god gives her information about her life it's yeah. the secrets of her heart are disclosed mm-hmm. right she falls on her knees worships god declares that he's uh, clearly among you she receives prophecy for this woman yeah. And the woman convinced god's alive god knows me he's yeah. speaking through you guys this That's is right. real so right. you know um, that's the kind of thing I want to see. I'm sick of arguing, you know, for with wisdom, you know, yeah. like the Greeks seek wisdom, and I yeah. can do that. But I, I've done that for years, and it's not that effective. Yeah. So I want it for more effective mission, more effective ministry. Um, man, we just we need help. That's you right. Know? God, who do you want me to talk to? What do you want me to say? What are their fears? Will you prove yourself to them? Yeah. Uh, because um, that would be great. That's right. You know, for them to know. Yeah. Uh, so, man, that that makes a lot of sense, and I and I love that. And on top of that, oh yeah, I think that there's freedom that comes. Like, can you imagine freedom from uh, money in such a way that you're on a bus and you're going from one place to the next to the next, or the freedom from fearing people or fearing for your life to have the bus get shot up right behind you. And you still go ahead and do the thing, or 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 the freedom to be able to forgive somebody that that really wrongs you, the way that Jesus forgives us, right? That there is a there is to a to know who you are, to know who you are. We sing that song, uh, in tenderness. Yeah, he whispered to assure me, I found thee, thou art mine. Yeah, I never heard a sweeter voice. Yeah, that made my aching heart rejoice. Like okay, yeah. Has that happened? Did that that that's different than I heard the presentation of the gospel and believed that there was sin in my life. And, and Donovan thankful, was on today. <clears throat> I'm thankful that there's a, a a way made for my sin. Right. Makes sense. That's different than he whispered to assure me. That's right. I found thee. That's right. Thou art mine. That's right. You are mine. Like people want to be accepted. People yeah. want. A place yeah. now. Imagine, yeah, and they want to be accepted by someone they perceive to be 
uh, majestic. So this is where I was thinking today about cliques and churches, and yeah, uh, in some sense, you know, it's okay for there to be cliques. Depends on what you mean by that. Like greater degrees of relationship. Yeah, my group would probably be a yeah. A like click. praise God. Like if someone says, "Hey, there's cliques in the church," I'm like, "Praise God! All right, mission accomplished." Like <laughs> we have forged tighter relationships, you know. With now, there's ways that that can be good and healthy, like that. And there's ways that it's not if it's people are exclusionary. And yes, yeah, being yeah. out. Okay. There's also a. What's interesting is the is the power dynamics of in and out. Like you know, as I've heard people say, like, "Well, I'm I'm not in." Yeah. That's well, right. how did you determine that? Why aren't you in and they're the ones that are out? Right, right. Right? Yeah. And I think what's at play there is there's some perception of someone here has greater social currency. Yeah. Someone here has majesty. Yeah. And it, I don't feel like it's me. I, f- I look over there and I see majesty. Yeah. And I want included. And when yeah. I'm not included, I feel... I feel hurt. Hurt. Yeah. Okay. Now I understand that, and what I'm saying is that's a sign of your desire to be included in majesty by someone majestic. Yeah. Right. So now he, the majestic one, he's the one that's in. That's the inner circle, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right. Comes to me and goes, "Hey, come on in." That's right. You you can be a part of this, and that and that experience is real. Right. He whispered to assure me. Yeah. I found thee, thou art my soul. That's the kind of that's you know as I think about the church yes. and I'm up there I can preach and it's fine and captivating and funny and okay so yeah right so what like if if they don't hear mm. the Holy Spirit whispering yeah because I can sit up there and say this is what it means to know God and 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 here's what it means to hear the whisper of God and to right. be assured of it. and they're like yeah yeah I hear you that's compelling I that makes sense. Yeah, but they need to hear that. They need to. So now I'm done preaching, and during worship, I'm just like, "Oh God, like speak, like yeah, do that, like literally slay people, like open the people that you wouldn't expect." That's right. You know, just to go like that to to in a strong, supernatural, charismatic, spirit led way, just thunder. That's right. I found you. You are mine, and watch the. Uh, change yeah. in their countenance and in their life. Like, that's what we need. Yeah. I'm totally sold out for experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that's dangerous, though, Glenn. Yes. Experience. It is. Indeed. You know, these churches are all about experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like God, like, He came and, you know, incarnated. Like, <laughs> He's all about experience. <laughs> he should have just talked about it. He should have just <laughs> preached. You know, it'd be nice to go down there and sigh and die for my people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Oh, yeah, the that'd fair, be nice. The you Pharisees know were like, no, 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 no. Moses, he preached that one time. We're still talking we're about good. it. I keep hitting that camera over there. Hopefully, That's not probably not good. It's probably not good. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's it. It's the immediate experience of communion with the actual true and living God. Right, so, right. And all the other things that he's pleased to do. Surround us with trial and friends and yes. the Bible and podcasts. That's all true, too. But yeah. nothing... Um, Compares, compares to it, yeah. To direct, yes. Intercourse, <laughs> right? Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. On multiple levels, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that. Well, yeah. Intercourse is just a shadow for intercourse, right? Right. So why does the intercourse or sex exist, and why is it so pleasing and powerful? Right. Because it's this experience. Yeah. You, in fact, it's trans. I've talked about this before. It's transrational. Your wife and you have stopped talking well 
<laughs> speak for yourself. Um, right, right. But you know what I mean? It's no longer about what are you going to do today? And here's the thing. It's literally, right. that's all gone. Right. And now we're just being. Right. And God is saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Come be with me that way, not having sex. Right. But having the thing to which sex is a pointer, which is yeah. belonging, place, intimacy, celebration. That's right. Affirmation. It's like, that's wow, right. that's intoxicating. I want that and for that, me and Redeemer. That will destroy bitterness. Like, oh, yeah. That will destroy bitterness. You'd be like, like, you'd be like thrilled. Yes, you know? exactly. Like exactly. suddenly like beaming. Yeah. Someone would think you're on drugs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ecstasy. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. So, what? Well, Glenn, a little more. That's all very fine and dandy. Uh, it's very theoretical, though. How? How? <laughs> oh gosh, we can't go too long. Five minutes. What? How are you cultivating space and practice to hear from God? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a question I ask a lot of people um, and of myself. So, there is, in my own experience. Um, there's a correlation between prayer and vision, hearing from the Holy Spirit. And in the sense of a lot of times when I silence my mind and I get away from external influences and all of that, that's when I'm able to hear. Like literally I can't hear because there's just too much distraction. So um, there, there's a cultivation there. So it, it looks like prayer walks for me. I'll, I'll get outside, um, I'll pray. I'll have a list sometimes of things that um, mm. I need to pray for. There is that. But a lot of times it's like, okay, God, I'm out here. You're here. What do you want me to, how do you want me to pray? What do you want me to say? Who do you want me to pray for? And I'll end up praying for somebody in Washington. I'll end up praying for somebody that I don't know very well here or whatever. And it's just, um, it's just walking with him and, and, and moving with him, and and uh, for me, it happens a lot in prayer. It happens a lot in music uh, on Sunday mornings. Man, it's that's where I literally f- view myself, see myself next to the twenty-four elders who are bowing down and and saying that worthy is the Lamb who was slain, and that type of thing. And um, and I'm transfixed on him for a few moments on Sundays. That's really helpful. Um, community, like my group, is helpful because we're talking through stuff and we're wrestling through stuff. And uh, a lot of times we end up praying as a group together about certain things. And, and you get more than one person praying for certain things to happen or not happen or whatever. Um, so those are the, the main areas that I would say. Um, and then uh, on my prayer walks, a lot of times I'll listen to scripture because. Um, the Holy Spirit wrote scripture, right? Moved men uh, who penned it. And so to have that scripture just washing over my soul, washing and replacing thoughts that are bitter, anxious, fearful, whatever, something that I have not surrendered over to God, that's just washing over it. And it's uh, that's really helpful. Um, yeah, those are just really that's good. practical ways. Old school, solitude. Old school, yeah. Solitude and prayer. Um, yep. And, you know, it's increasingly uh, challenging in a, in a time and place where we have media we can take everywhere. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you can literally, I mean, I have to do that. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I have to yeah. just shut it down. Yeah. It's just, you know, on this drive, Yeah, I'm just going to listen and pray and yeah. hear and meditate instead of, yeah, just plug in constantly. You yeah. know? And we can do that. Go to work, wake up in the morning. From the time you wake up, 
you know, maybe not podcasting, but just there's stimulus. You get up, you think there's, about this, you go, yeah. you check your Facebook, then you go to work, you're working all day, and you go to lunch, you talk with people, and then you come home, and then you, you know, you talk with your family or your roommates, and especially then you, do you homework. You and never then, stop talking. Yeah, it's just blathering all day. Like literally, shut up. That's why you don't you don't hear anybody. You know, I hear from God. I'm trying to hear from my wife. I don't know what she's saying. I never shut up. Yeah, you hear my dog barking. I do. She's just a tiny baby. Tiny little baby. So we named her Bosco originally, but I've changed her name to Tiny Little Baby. So I want everyone to have to call her. So when you come to my house. Hey, where's Tiny Little Baby? That's a cute dog you have there, sir. What's its name? Tiny Little Baby. <laughs> She's a toy poodle. She is tiny. <laughs> she sits over there on the on the top of the couch and barks at everyone that walks by. Yeah, that's she, what she's doing right now. <laughs> anyway, that's who that is. So, Tiny Little Baby. Um, all right, good. We're a few minutes over here. Uh, God help us. This is good stuff. Hopefully this has uh, been helpful for you. If there are things that we've brought up that you'd like to process more in person, let's do it. We would love to. Let's move toward one another in That's that. That's right. And um, let's forgive one another. Gosh, that'll be radical. You want to be radical? Yeah, yes. I guess you could go to, oh, you want to? You could go to India. Yeah. But then you're just in India. Yeah. What are you going to do there? That's so radical. You know, forgive. You're forgive. <laughs> let's forgive. You're going to go move to India and be a jerk. That's not radical. Like, it's actually irrelevant. Where you? It's not geographic at all. Gonna be radical, you know. Like forgive yeah. one another. That's right. All right. Boy, that would be that would change the world. So anyway, all right. Signing off. See you, folks, later. Bye.